Book Nine, Chapter One of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The League of the Scarlet Pimpernel by Baroness Ortsy. Book Nine, The Cabaret de la Liberté, Chapter One. Eight, twelve. Four. A loud curse accompanied this last throw, and shouts of ribald laughter greeted it. No lucky doll. Always at the tail end of the cart, eh, citizen? Do not despair yet, good old Guidal. Bad beginnings oft make splendid ends. Then once again the dice rattled in the boxes. Those who stood around pressed closer round the gamesters. Hot, avid faces covered with sweat and grime peered eagerly down upon the table. Eight and eleven, nineteen, twelve and zero, by Satan curse him, just my luck. Four and nine, thirteen, unlucky number. Now then, once more, I'll back Marie. Ten assignats of the most worthless kind. Who'll take me that Marie gets the wench in the end? This from one of the lookers-on, a tall, cadaverous-looking creature with sunken eyes and broad, hunched-up shoulders, which were perpetually shaken by a dry, rasping cough that proclaimed the ravages of some mortal disease, left him trembling as with ague, and brought beads of perspiration to the roots of his lank hair. A recrudescence of excitement went the round of the spectators. The gamblers, sitting round a narrow deal-table on which past libations had left marks of sticky rings, had scarce room to move their elbows. Nineteen and four, twenty-three. You are out of it, Demont. Not yet. Twelve and twelve. There, what did I tell you? Wait, wait. Now, Marie, now. Remember, I have backed you for ten assignats, which I propose to steal from the nearest Jew this very night. Thirteen and twelve, twenty-five, by all the demons and the ghouls, came with a triumphant shout from the last thrower. Marie has it. Vive Marie, was the unanimous and clamorous response. Marie was evidently the most popular amongst the three gamblers. Now he sprawled upon the bench, leaning his back against the table, and surveyed the assembled company with the air of an Achille having vanquished his Hector. "'Good luck to you and to your Aristo,' began his backer lustily. Would no doubt have continued his song of praise, had not a violent fit of coughing smothered the words in his throat." The hand which he had raised in order to slap his friend genially on the back now went with convulsive clutch to his own chest. But his obvious distress did not apparently disturb the equanimity of Marie or arouse even a passing interest in the lookers-on. "'May she have as much money as rumor avers,' said one of the men sententiously. Marie gave a careless wave of his grubby hand. "'More, citizen, more,' he said loftily. Only the two losers appeared inclined to skepticism. Bah, one of them said, it was Demont. The whole matter of the woman's money may be a tissue of lies. And England is a far cry, added Guidal. But Mary was not likely to be depressed by these dismal croakings. Tis simple enough, he said philosophically, to disparage the goods if you were not able to buy. Then a lusty voice broke in from the far corner of the room. And now, citizen Marie, tis time you remembered that the evening is hot and your friends thirsty. The man who spoke was a short, broad-shouldered creature, 
with crimson face surrounded by a shock of white hair, like a ripe tomato wrapped in cotton wool. And let me tell you, he added complacently, that I have a cask of rum down below which came straight from that accursed country, England, and is said to be the nectar whereon feeds that confounded scarlet pimpernel. It gives him the strength, so tis said, to intrigue successfully against the representatives of the people. Then by all means, citizen, concluded Marie's backer, still hoarse and spent after his fit of coughing, let us have some ear nectar. My friend citizen Marie will need his strength and wits too, I'll warrant, for after he has married the aristo he will have to journey to England to pluck the rich dowry which is said to lie hidden there. Cast no doubt upon that dowry, citizen Rateau, curse you, broke in Marie, with a spiteful glance directed against his former rivals, or Guidal and Demont will cease to look glum, and half my joy in the aristo will have gone. After which the conversation drifted to general subjects, became hilarious and ribald, while the celebrated rum from England filled the close atmosphere of the narrow room with its heady fumes. End of Book Nine Chapter One